Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hemp has become a thriving industry. Research says that one acre of land can generate between Forty to fifty thousand dollars for producers, estimating that the legal CBD market could be worth twenty billion dollars by the year two thousand twenty-two. Now we're really going to get into what's the difference, what makes you high, what doesn't make you high. Because look, I'm confused just like most of you about what's out there and what really is hemp. My guest today is Gus Hanger, CEO of Industrial Hemp Farms, a Colorado-based hemp farming and wholesale company with the largest raw hemp flower distribution network in the U.S. And I'm telling you right now, we're going to find a lot more about that. What's flower really is? What is it? I don't know. We're going to find out. Welcome, Gus, to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, explain to the audience, what what is hemp and what makes it so profitable? Well, hemp is an industry. However, there is so many niches within this niche. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, um, depending on which avenue that you want to go. Uh, last year at this time, biomass, like hemp raw biomass sold for extraction, was extremely profitable, selling for around $50 a pound. Uh, the cost of production for a farmer is like one to four dollars per pound. Wow! This this year right now, the cost of hemp biomass is two dollars a pound. The industry tanked. So, Why? So many farmers lost everything. I think that I think that it tanked because too many people grew, uh, had their eggs in one basket. Uh, a lot of people started extraction companies, and that is why. That, that is where all of the biomass was going. Uh, CBD isolate, which is just the pure, can, the pure cannabinoid of CBD, 100% CBD, also last year at this time was selling for $5,000 a kilo. Right now, market price is around 1000 bucks a kilo. Uh, oh. Even as low as 450 I'm seeing on the market right now. <laughs> and... Th- so that that isn't too profitable right now. So right now, from our perspective, what is most profitable in hemp is hemp flour. The companies that are, are focusing on hemp flour are all doing very, very, very. So we're talking about hemp flour to cook with? No, we're talking about hemp flour to smoke. Okay, got it. And so hemp flour, basically, it looks just like weed. It smells like weed, tastes like weed. However, it's not weed. It has no THC in it. It's very high in CBD, rich in other cannabinoids sometimes, like CBG. And that is, that's where the market is right now. And also in profitability and very profitable is if you have a large customer base. And that, yeah. that takes a lot of hard work. Um, getting in at this stage of the industry, you need to be a very experienced marketer. Only the very experienced marketers and business people are surviving and thriving right now as well. 
So we let's talk about this for a second. I'm going to come back to the flower thing, but I want to really get how many different varietals are there of hemp when you talk about hemp? And I, you know, I, I was just mentioning it's growing out wild here in my in my farm ranch. You know, I can see it from time to time. Come, you know, I've had I got two different stands of it, and then occasionally I'll see it spring up here or there along the road, along the road of my place. So when I when I look at that, that's not the same kind of hemp that you're growing. Correct. There's two types of hemp. There is high fiber hemp, and then there is high CBD hemp. High fiber mm-hmm. is the bamboo looking stuff, really, really tall. Tall. And, yeah, super tall. And then the high CBD hemp is, it, it literally looks just like a marijuana plant. It's the same, it's, it, it's pretty much the same thing, but it's been genetically, the genetics do not produce THC. They just produce CBD. And they can get as high as high as like 20, 25% CBD, whereas high fiber hemp only gets to 2% CBD. It's not viable for extraction. And mm-hmm. high CBD hemp right now, it's it's I think it's only profitable right now to grow if you're growing for smokable flour, the hemp flour. Um, I see a lot of people doing high fiber. We're doing a high fiber grow as well this year. Um, I think. I, I want to learn more about that side. We, we're not doing too much business on that side in the United States, to be honest. Um, uh, different countries are killing it on the high fiber side, and the U.S. is late to enter that industry. But I, I definitely think in, that that is the future, absolutely. Yeah, so with the high fiber, what are the uses on the high fiber side? I mean, back in the, I think it was the 30s, <clears throat> maybe it was the 40s, in a lot of places in the United States, they grew it and grew it industrially um, for rope, for a lot of different kinds of uses that they would have had. What What are the other uses that you see the high fiber for? Oh, oh my gosh. Like, it seems like, it, it seems so cliche when I say there's a million different uses, but yeah. I'm not kidding. There really is a million different uses. Uh, a lot of companies are are very bullish on hempcrete, using it as a substitute for concrete. I know mm-hmm. uh, the amount, uh, like paper as well. Uh, we don't sure. need to get rid of all of these trees. Hemp takes five months to grow. And in one acre, one acre of hemp can produce like, I, I don't know the specific statistic, but the, st- the stats on hemp fiber for paper compared to trees is mind blowing. It, it really is mind blowing. It's a, it's an interesting thing. I mean, you know this because you grow it. Um, for those of you who don't grow it and don't understand, I'm, I, you can't kill this stuff. I mean, it. it I mean that, that my my wild hemp that grows here and it grows 10, 12 feet tall. I mean, it's massively oh, yeah. tall. It's so resilient. And, yeah, and then to kill it, I mean, it. I look. I've taken out a stand of it, and it took me three years to keep going back, keep going back, and then when you cut it. It's it's like cutting trees. I mean, it's not an easy thing to cut. So it's a oh, tough, tough product. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very much so. It's an amazing product. Absolutely. So is so the CBD part. Let me I listen. I'm just stupid about this, so I'm going to ask the key questions. Of course. And, but the the CBD stuff that we're pulling the extraction that's the stuff that gets us either high or takes care of the other symptoms of things that we have. And of course, you have to at least be a little careful in how you utilize that, right? Absolutely. But CBD does not get you high. 
And okay. you, you can't overdose on it as well. And everybody's brain chemistry kind of reacts different depending on what dose you need. For some people, less is more. And also some people will get really good effects with, with just CBD, where others need CBD mixed with THC and mixed maybe with other cannabinoids as well, and even smaller amounts. There, there's other cannabinoids like CBN, which is also hemp-derived, and CBG, which is also hemp-derived, um, and CBC, which everybody's going to be hearing about just how the CBD craze has been over the past six, seven years. We're going to see a lot of the other cannabinoids popping up as well, which are called the miners. All right, let's talk about that in just a second. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. C-Suite Radio. All right, everyone, we're back. This is Jeffrey Hazlett, and we're live right here on Facebook and LinkedIn as we're bringing you a live cast of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. And, of course, we're talking all about hemp. We're talking about CBD and all the C-whatevers or T's-whatevers, and we're trying to learn this, at least I am, talking with Gus Hanger, the CEO of Industrial Hemp Farms. So, so does THC give you the high? What gives you the high? I want to separate what, what gives me the highs versus the other. THC, so THC yeah. gets you high. Delta 9 THC, to be specific, is what gets you high. There's mm-hmm. other cannabinoids as well, like THCA, THCV, that don't get you high. Yeah. So how did, um, so <laughs> how do we regulate this in, in terms of, or do we fully regulate it? It's up by state and which is one thing, but also the FDA has got to come in this, on some of this stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. they're worried about, okay, if you're smoking it, then you take, and you take this blood pressure pill and then on top of it, you eat this edible that has it, what might it do to you or not do to you? Is that, is that a big concern for people? As far as the industry goes, the uncertainty uncertainty is a very big concern for us right now. And I I honestly believe that this should be regulated like any other crop. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So is the, by the way, and you guys recently had some banking changes too. So it's a little bit better for you on the banking side, right? It's, it's still hard. It is a little bit better from the past couple of years. We value our banking relationships because it's so hard to get banking. Uh, A local bank that works with us, Bank of the West actually went live about a year ago and they're open to the hemp industry. But other than that, it's, it's very, very hard to get banking. Yeah. Most people don't know, just to educate you a little bit. I happen to be on a publicly traded company out of Canada that that deals with cannabis, but that's legal in Canada. Everything's illegal in Canada. It helped a great deal now, but our even our CEO doesn't like to come to the U.S. because they almost consider him like a drug dealer, and he's not in any way, shape, or form. And we only deal with just the technology of it, nothing with the actual selling of the raw materials. It's just the technology of it. But the banking industry has been shutting these guys down, not letting them do it because, oh, it could be perceived as drug. Um, or drug laundering, and they were really concerned about it. So the banks have always been really tough on 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 uh, folk, folks like Gus for no reason other than they just worry about it. Let me ask you a question, Gus. How the hell did you get into this industry? Well, I used to do supplement manufacturing. Uh, my last company that I started and online retail supplements. Uh, I sold the company in March of 2018 and was 
all, a lot of my clients were all doing really, really good in CBD. I'd obviously been following it forever. And I went out to Colorado to go invest into different farms and learn hands-on. So I made several investments hands-on and, and unique ones too. Like uh, the one where I met my business partner, Joe, I bought 300,000 clones and put them on his farm. It was about a $300,000 investment. And then, then when harvest happened, I was like, hey, yeah, you are an expert in this industry. I'm an expert marketer. You want to start a business together. And he had been in the industry since 2015. So with him already being a big player and, and uh, my marketing background, we started industrial hemp farms. And we started it with the idea to go vertical. So we had a big farm, a multi-million dollar extraction lab, and then started doing our marketing and distribution. We we started to figure out though, production is very risky, extremely risky. And to us, it almost wasn't worth it. So we sold off those assets and found our niche as a distributor and wholesaler. And right now we, we honestly are the largest hemp flower wholesaler and distributor in the country. And same with online retailer. As well. So you're buying that. So what you're doing is aggregating the up the demand on the other side, then going out and finding all the farmers that are growing it and buying it in bulk. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And this, this year we have supply chain a little bit uh, more locked down where we have farmers just growing exclusively for us and growing the genetics that we want and controlling them in the environments that we want as well. Are you giving them, I'm just curious how this works. Are you giving them a set amount of what the, they know what they're going to get at the end of the year, or is it depend on what the market market demand that 5,000 going down to a thousand, for instance, right now, it, we, we, um, we're giving them a set number. However, if the market is lower than the set number, then we can renegotiate. Mm-hmm. Well. And the quality has to be up to standard because again, it's, it's risky. It, say a crop gets pollinated and seeds get all in it, then it, it's a crop that we don't want as well. Yeah. So hey, one of yeah. one of my friends just uh, chimed in, uh, Aaron Avila, who's uh, heads up Stroke TV. He's a stroke uh, survivor. And he asked the question, does uh, CBD help seizures like he's heard? Does it help seizures? I, I have seen that. I, there's a lot of people that say that it does. Absolutely. Yeah. I... I would, I would research that more and I would try CBD if I was you, Aaron. I'm always scared to make health claims. So. Well, you shouldn't and you shouldn't because that's not I, your it business. Yeah. It's not your business, but everybody should do their homework. I, you know, for what it's worth, I can just tell you every single example I've seen of it face to face, man, this stuff is like a miracle. It's like night and day for, um, again, a relative that has Parkinson. We gave it to him immediately stopped most of the shaking most of it are you kidding me for years he put up with that and just a couple drops a day to the point where we don't want to run out of it i mean we've gone across state lines to go get this stuff back when you couldn't get it so what about let me let me take a quick break and then and then i'm going to come right back again just to give me a couple minutes c-suite radio all right. Hey, we're back right here live on LinkedIn and Facebook is bringing you a live cast of our broadcast of All Business with Jeffrey Hazel with C-Suite Radio. We're talking with Gus Hanger, CEO of Industrial Hemp Farms, and we're talking about all things CBD. 
uh, THC, CBM, CBG, CB. I don't know, man. I can't keep track of them. <laughs> There's just so many of them that, that you have to be an expert. It, that's one of the things that bo- bothers me about the industry. And I'll be real blunt with you. I walk into a a convenience store and I see CBD oil. I don't know if that's good stuff, what the difference between one or the other is. This one's in a purple bottle. This one's in a yellow one. I, I, I mean, to me, it's gotten a little bit um, flim flam in terms of, you know, it's not, not the kind of, not the kind of thing. Like when I go pick up a, a, jar, a jar of a, a, a bottle of aspirins, I know what I'm getting. Yeah. I go pick up a, a bottle of cough syrup. I know what I'm getting. When I pick up a bottle of CBD oil, I don't know. Mm, absolutely. I think that's, well, it's definitely going to change. Right now, it's still a brand new industry with literally thousands of CBD companies. There's yeah. no staple brands that you know of that you can trust, like aspirin, etc. cetera. Uh, but I, that's, that's going to change. It's just a brand new industry. And right now, it, you do need to self-educate. And I think a lot of consumers might start out and say, hey, screw it, I'm going to buy this bottle at this gas station. And then say they get a little bit of relief. Then they get on the computer. They start researching. Well, then they might find themselves on our website, honestly. Um, but yeah. they start teaching themselves and, and finding their favorite companies, educating themselves on exactly what they need and they want. And that, that is the consumer base right now, I would say. What's the biggest challenge that you've had in this industry? It would be the ups and downs when we first started it. We uh, we put we put a very high investment. I I put a lot of my savings into starting this company, and a lot of the stuff we did at first was very large wholesale transactions. We're talking eight figure transactions all the time, which which is very high and very risky in, in, in an industry that we didn't know very much about personally coming into it. it. It was almost like the wild, wild west. One day we were on top of the world. The next day we're, I'm looking in the mirror contemplating, what am I even doing? Right. <laughs> um, we just, I just hung in there and kept on grinding. And that's what you have to do in any business. It's, it's a journey. You can never quit. It always is. That's the tough part about being an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Give me an idea that just as with a couple minutes left, give me an idea of the process. Somebody grows it, you buy it. Okay. Now what do you do with it to process it and sell it? Okay. We buy it and then we test it. And we do test it even before we buy it and then test it again after we buy it. And then we package it in that CGM compliant facilities, make sure everything is perfect. And then we sell it and we sell it in different channels, um, distributors, brick and Are you selling it as oil then at that point? Okay. We're, we're selling it as a flower, but we also do sell as an oil too. Um, Mm -hmm. The process of oil right now is there, the, the farmer gives it to the extractor then the extractor gives it to the product manufacturer and then the product mm-hmm. manufacturer gives it to the hemp companies, et cetera. And in, in our instance, like our extraction company that we work with, we are their only client. Our uh, product manufacturing company, we are their only client. Um, our, all, all, of, all of those is how we went 
and and did that, et cetera. So it could go to it could go to a few different places the way that the way that it is right now. How is it primarily sold? Right now, I would say in tincture bottles and gel caps. Those are the two biggest. And then the other side is the hemp flower, which which we're going to see. That industry is huge. It, so it, when you talk about, the, again, the hemp flower, I want to make sure it's like, uh, I would call it buds. Yeah, absolutely. It, okay. And if you, yeah. if you look at our website, you'll be like, wow. It's industrialhempfarms.com. And it literally, it's an online high CBD hemp flower dispensary. And you you look at the products and you're like, wow, that is hemp flower. No wonder why it's, why that industry is blowing up so much. Yeah. So get back to the oil stuff. So once you get it into small bottles or the gel caps, then how are you selling it? Are you selling that via the internet or are you going to retailers? Yes, we're, we're, we are selling it internet B2C and then B2B to retailers and uh, B2B to distributors. And then also to other hemp companies that have their own brands that go in the same outlets. I'd say for us, 50% of our revenue is B2C online. You have to have a big online presence. It's very hard, but you have to. And then, and then the rest is B2B, brick and mortar. So, so back in 2014, the, the Congress gave uh, in the fort in the farm bill allowed farmers to cultivate hemp as long as they worked and received approval from local and state ag programs. Do you think that's going to get less restrictive or more restrictive? It's on a state by state level. Uh, yeah. Some states right now, the USDA is basically leaving it up to the states to make their own rules. And you can't you can't grow it in South Dakota. There's no way you can't grow. Yeah, it, you know. exactly. And like some states, it you can go online. It takes you one hour and then you'll have a hemp license for three years for 300 acres. And like Illinois, I have a friend that got his hemp license, um, literally got on the computer, got his license to grow hemp in an hour. It was a three-year license. They haven't even came out and checked on it. Where, where other states, the process, they'll make you go get it fingerprinted at a local law enforcement. They'll do background checks, make sure that you have zero priors, check on you like monthly. It, it, it literally just depends. And, but the states that have the least restrictions have been the most successful. This, this isn't growing weed, guys. This is yeah. crop. It, we yeah. get away from the marijuana stigma here. Yeah, well, I think that's the unique thing that I would I, that I'm getting from this conversation. It's not the same thing. It's not what you think, and all these preconceived notions. Even I have, and I think I'm a fairly educated guy, but I'm still learning as I go through this process. That hey, it isn't the same thing. I mean, I would envision, you know, that your fields, like you got 180 acres somewhere, and let's say you got, and it's surrounded by a fence with guard dogs and 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 lights, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying. And it's not like that at all. No, not at all. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, because because if you got people jumping in and trying to steal some of the plants, it ain't gonna help you guys. It's not gonna it's not gonna do what you want to do. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, that's, that's great. Hey, what that's a pleasure! What yeah, just educating, education, 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 and that's states that are restrictive. We are doing a lot of lobbying and trying to get in front of those states and let them know this is not marijuana. This is hemp. Yeah. 
Well, I think there's a lot of politicians that need to do that. And they all need to also understand the real benefits of this and what it's doing to change a lot of people's lives who live in pain, a lot of people's lives who live with some kind of uh, disformity in their way of operating. All right. A way of operating and uh, a bit living a normal life. And I think it does help a great number of people. So, hey, Gus Hanger, CEO of Industrial Hemp Farms. Thanks so much for joining us right here in All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, thank you. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. i tell you what I learned. The differentiation. You know, I, I go in thinking, well, hemp, oh my God, hemp, I've got it growing on my land. Oh my gosh, I got to look out. Somebody's probably got these plants here. They probably used to smoke it before and they dropped the seeds and oh my gosh, if the cops see this, I'm in trouble. And of course, it's not that. I don't even have that hemp. I have the hemp that, you know, it's all fiber. There's nothing to it. You couldn't smoke it if you wanted. You'd smoke it. You're going to get sick. That's it. That's about it. Not going to help you. But what I did learn is that there's this oh, still the wild, wild west. It's going to be a huge market, billions of dollars to be had. But there's a differentiation between that stuff that helps you and that stuff that makes you high. And that stuff that that um, that you you know you can work with that makes um what is he said, concrete, hemp creek? I'd never heard of that before. It's amazing. I, I think we're just going back to the basics of learning all the natural things that can help us. And I think that's a good thing. That's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.